Marco Evaristi is an artist that does things a little bit different. He will paint huge parts of nature, different colors, and has even included animals into his artwork in ways that could be considered animal cruelty. But nothing tops his craziest art piece. A plate of spaghetti and meatballs that he served to other artists, containing human fat. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and it's great to talk to everybody again. Welcome back. I missed you all. Um, I wanted to give you guys a little update. Um, Things are basically normal here. You know, things have been busy with the stuff going on in my family, but mostly normal. I have been late at getting on top of my seven days of Christmas and crime. I still plan on bringing that to you in December. I'm just giving you a heads up now, though, that I'm behind on it. I've already written some of this, you know, information and stuff for my seven days of Christmas and crime, but I'll for surely keep you more updated on that as that comes up. If you are new to the podcast, that is when we cover a new case every single day until Christmas. And then after Christmas, I do end up taking a break for the rest of the year until um, the beginning of next year. So as of right now, the seven days of Christmas and crime will start on the 19th of December and go through the 25th because we're starting seven days of Christmas and crime. The 18th, which is a Sunday, will not have an upload. Just remember, we will not have an upload on the 18th because we're starting the seven days of Christmas and crime. Once we start that, I will be off from the 26th and I will come back on the first Sunday in January. That does also include, you know... Friday uploads and all of that. I will be completely off that week. It's really not going to be too different for you guys. You just really will miss just one Friday upload since it does end up on a time where I come back right on the first because the first is a Sunday. So I just wanted to let you guys know that Um, I have started working on that seven days. If something comes up though and I am unable to do seven days, we're still going to do something. We're still going to have extra uploads in December, but I'll let you guys know if anything changes in that aspect of things. With the way things are going um, with my family, it has made me a lot more busy. I have not been at my house a lot, um, which is kind of why I'm giving you this heads up that if it changes, you know, we'll go ahead and still do something special for Christmas for December, but that I'll let you know. I also wanted to let you guys know that last year and this year has been the same with my November numbers. So November, for some reason, seems to be my best month of all year long. Like that seems to be the month where a lot of people listen. We get a lot of new listeners, a lot of listens. Um, That's the same case with this month. And if we follow trends, I'll probably end up having not as high in numbers in December since everybody's on vacation and holiday and stuff. But what's really exciting to me is that we might hit 10,000 listens at the end of December. And that is really exciting. I want to thank every single one of you that are here, every single one of you that have listened to one of my uploads, everybody who's listened to every single one of them. You guys, this is insane. Um, maybe that's not a big number to some people, but that's that's a big number to me. 
because when I first started the podcast, I really didn't think I was going to get any. I mean, I, I was ecstatic when I got my first like 12 listens on my first upload and it was the coolest thing ever. And now we're here and I am almost at 10,000 listens and it's insane. So if you haven't shared Confessed Obsessed with friends and family, that would be really cool. That would help us get that number of 10,000 and hit that milestone together because I wouldn't be here without you guys. And I just wanted to say thank you. I'll keep you updated on that number though. And if we get closer, I still think we need a little over a thousand listens before the end of December in order to hit that. But right now with how my numbers are looking and trends and stuff, we might hit it. And that'll be really exciting if we do. Anyways, I rambled enough about that. Let's go ahead and talk about today's upload. Today's upload is a little bit of a different type of story. It does technically contain cannibalism, but it doesn't contain any murders or anything like that. I actually had not heard about this at all until I started to look up, you know, less known cannibals. And that's another reason why I wanted to share it with you because it is a very interesting, intriguing story and it does have cannibalism in it. I also think the man who is involved in this story, the artist we will talk about, is also still alive. I think that is interesting, and if he is, I just want to say this right out the bat, like if he's listening or anybody that knows him or whatever, this is not meant for any disrespect. We are just sharing his artwork, kind of. And the interesting way he takes things and whatever. So we're just going to say that right now. Um, but it is a little bit different, but it's still just as interesting. So we're going to talk about Marco Evaristi. I hope that I am saying his name right. Um, I looked up how to say it and I couldn't find any way that you pronounce his name. So hopefully I'm saying that right. Either way, Marco was born in 1963 and he was raised Catholic for a while. Later down the line, he would find out his mother was actually Jewish, and this sort of sent him into his decision to start his own search on what he believed was going on, you know, or what wasn't. Most people go through that where they question the belief that they were growing up in and surrounded by, and they go on to either come to that conclusion themselves or find something different that actually calls to their name. During this time where he was kind of figuring out who he was and what he believed in, he would live in Israel for a while, he would move to Britain for a bit, and he would finally end up settling in Denmark. He would settle in Denmark for the next 24 years, and during this adventure, he would convert to Buddhism in 1994 and begin his life as an architect. He would be trained as one and be practicing as one when he realized that that's not something that he wanted to do the rest of his life, and that artwork was his true calling. As he got older, he got a very interesting taste in art, though. Now, here's the thing. Artwork can be done in all shapes and forms. It has a million different styles and a million different ideas. One of his favorite things was the interactive artwork, and that's not uncommon. A lot of artists love to participate in things that are interactive and different, but instead of pushing a button and adding a color that you like, or drawing on something and it being, you know, taped up, or something like that, 
He decided the type of interactive artwork he liked would be a row of blenders. Now this is just one example that I have for you. These blenders held live fish in them. It wasn't like a beautiful, you know, fish tank that, you, you know what I mean? It wasn't anything like that because Marco had plugged these blenders in and he was giving the public the option to create their own fish soup, basically, with a press of the button. They were just goldfish and people were coming and they were literally pulverizing these fish and calling it artwork. And this wasn't just like come over to my house and participate in this artwork that I've created. You guys, this was in an actual museum. Rows and rows of blenders that were filled with fish and water and people were looking at it and pushing the button and just killing these fish. Some of the public was okay with this and they were the ones that were killing the fish and okay with watching them being sliced up, congratulating him on this artwork. Others weren't so happy with it. I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe if he had some sort of theory, maybe if it was beautiful scenery, whatever, that was destroyed being pushed with a button, I can see that. I can see a fake fish. I can see something to symbolize something else that, look at this beautiful thing that I created that you would destroy if you pushed it. But putting a live fish in a blender, and it, it was just a fish and water, is completely and totally terrible. I don't understand it. I don't understand how it was art. I don't understand how people were okay with it. I don't understand it. The director of the museum that this specific piece was in, whose name was Peter Myers, would be complained about by people who witnessed the soup fish making. He would be charged with animal cruelty for allowing it to happen at his museum. Later down the line, though, he would be acquitted from it. And I'm assuming it's because he wasn't the one that was blending the fish. He wasn't the one that was plugging these blenders in, and it's entirely possible that he didn't even know what was going on. But that's not all of Marco's art. Not all of his art is cruel, killing fish. I, I, I'm on the side of people who don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. If you agree with it, great. It's okay that we disagree, but I don't agree with it. I do think it is cruel. There was an art piece that he did in Greenland. He went to Greenland and dyed a ginormous iceberg red. He dyed it with red paint. He had help. It was this huge, just painted iceberg. And he claimed that this was to show how fragile nature was because this iceberg did end up melting. And as it melted, the paint would spread into the North Atlantic and be lost forever. And you would never be able to see this artwork. You know, there's pictures of it, but that was it. This, of course, people didn't like either. They didn't like the paint being sent into the water. They, there's, you know, contradicting things about that piece of artwork as well. To me, I definitely can see how this was more of an artistic thing. It was more artistic, you know, it did have reason, and he claims that he has a lot of reasons for everything he does, and it's entirely possible that he has a reason for the fish killing, but I still just don't think that was right. Um, another one of his interesting pieces of artwork, which I guess I don't understand all that great, but nobody really got hurt, or animals, no, nothing got hurt. Uh, he took an embalmed corpse, and he would put it in the front seat of a Ferrari. Um, obviously, this didn't hurt animals or people, but it was 
was an embalmed person and he called that art as well a lot of his stuff he claims he does to make society ask questions to make us think outside of the box to bring up questions for things that we never thought of and i can kind of see that with the painted iceberg um i bet you it raised some you know not red flags what's my word concerns to people who maybe didn't believe in the icebergs melting or global warming and you know within days of having this done it was gone and that was proof that things are happening in our world and so things like that i could see i guess i don't really understand the human corpse in the front seat of a ferrari i do not understand the fish but you know he claims it was to make us think outside of the box he also has another one that he planned on this. He wanted to travel to the top of Mont Blanc. I think it's how you pronounce it. And he wanted to paint the entire top of it pink. Of course, the authorities warned him. They told him that he could not do that. Um, but he said that pink was to show that it was a declared independent state. Like he was declaring it like independent and it fit this big project he was doing but they still told him no and told him he was crazy to even think about doing it he did drape the top of it with red fabric at one point and then he decided to disregard what the authorities said and he attempted to paint it this would lead to him being arrested and detained to the authorities this was vandalism they already told him not to do it and he just didn't even care Things like this aren't very uncommon, you guys. A lot of artists will do shocking things. Um, it helps make them look different. It helps people talk about them. Obviously, the fish in the blender was very talked about when it happened. So it's not entirely weird that he was doing things that were a little out of the ordinary. Another great example, you guys, is there was a different artist who took human bodies and he would cut them open and preserve them so that people could look at the inner structure. Of course, a lot of people didn't agree with this. It grossed a lot of people out, but it got people talking about this artist and that's kind of what an artist wants. They want to be talked about. To me, that that is still more art than putting a dead body in the front seat of a Ferrari though. Maybe, like I said, maybe I just don't understand it. Um, there was another artist who took a sheep who was already dead and did some art with that, but the sheep had already died. They didn't kill the sheep for the art. They didn't put the sheep in a blender to kill it. Like I said, maybe I'm being sensitive about this kind of stuff, but I just don't see how putting a fish in a blender is art. I don't get it. I don't really understand putting a dead body in the front of a front seat of a Ferrari, but I just, I don't get it. Now here's where we get into the even more interesting stuff. A year before this art piece would be created, Marco would have liposuction surgery. Once this surgery was complete, he would get his hands on his own fat. If you don't know what liposuction surgery is, it's basically where they go in and they remove any unwanted fat from your body. It's usually sucked out by like a vacuum type of thing. And it's usually goes in this big, container and they get rid of it somehow he would get his hands on his own fat now i'm assuming he pulled the artist card 
and said that he wanted to do something with it, maybe if you request that they give you the fat back, they will do that. I mean, I know you can keep like screws that people remove from your back and things like that. So maybe fat's the same. I've never had the surgery, so I'm not sure. I still think it's interesting though that they would just hand him all of that fat. I feel like that should be considered medical waste, but they gave it to him. He would bring it home and store it. I don't know if at this point he had any idea what he was going to use his own fat with, but he held on to it until he either had the idea or was ready to make an idea happen that he had previously. Now, obviously fat will go bad. He had to store it properly. So he canned his fat for long-term use. They, you can see pictures of him posing in front of his fat. There's like pictures of him on his just like jars of fat. And one day he decided it was time to create a piece of art with it. Now he didn't mix it with paint. He didn't throw it on a canvas and spray paint around it. He didn't do anything like that, you guys. He made pasta sauce and then meatballs. He would make 48 meatballs and place them on this plate of pasta. He would call this artwork, and I'm, I'm probably going to say it wrong, Polpetti El Gracio del Marco, I, th- I think is how you say it. Then he would invite friends and other artists over to participate in this interactive art piece. From what it sounds like, they were on display at a like an art museum. There was people that were watching. Marco and his artist friends would sit around a table. This table displayed cans of his fat, and it, there was also a plate of spaghetti. It does sound like everybody there knew that his fat was in the meatballs, and they knew what they were about to do. They would sit down, get all comfortable, and then they would begin to eat the spaghetti and meatballs. They would just rave about how good these meatballs were, how they tasted better than any meatballs they had ever had, how they were amazing. Marco also ate the meatballs. So everybody here was eating meatballs that were made with his fat. When asked about this later, he said that the reason that he saved his fat and decided to make it into art is because he wanted to explore the idea of cannibalism from an artistic standpoint. Probably to see if he could get away with eating something and calling it art. He also told people that the meatballs were made with his own fat, they were just as tasty as meatballs you would buy from the market, and says that it also reflects on the fact that the society we live in thinks we should eat a certain way. That we are a society that lives to eat, and we need to be a society that eats to live. I get all this. I I do. But you didn't need to eat your own fat and feed them to other people to get that idea crossed. Does that make sense? In his mind, you were not a cannibal if you were eating art. Therefore, he had put his own fat in the meatballs and fed them to his friends, and none of them were actually participating in cannibalism. In one of my sources, so I'm not sure how true this is, it does sound like you can go pay $4,000 and buy 10 of his human fat meatballs because he still has a lot of fat that he's using to make these meatballs. 
And this is legal and this is okay. People are still doing it. And that's, that's it. That's the story of Marco, you guys. He literally ate his own fat and fed his fat to other people and got away with it because he didn't get arrested. He, it didn't, doesn't sound like he got in trouble at all. He participated in cannibalism and he got away with it. Now I can't decide if this is because he ate his own fat. People self-cannibalize every day. People will chew their fingers and swallow the skin. People will pull their hair out and eat hair follicles. I mean, you've seen it all. You've seen it all. People do this. They self-cannibalize. If you arrested everybody who self-cannibalized, there's probably would be nobody who hasn't been charged for it before. So maybe because he ate parts of himself, that was the loophole. But why were his friends, who sounds like knew they were eating parts of him, able to not get arrested and in trouble for cannibalism? Does that mean I could cut my finger off and like make stir fry with it and like feed it to my family and it would be okay? Because I feel like that would not be okay. If I was like, oh, human finger stir fry, I definitely feel like I'd get the cops called on me because I was trying to feed my family human remains, not remains, I guess, but kind of, you know what I mean? Cannibalism is defined as the practice of eating the flesh of one's own species. That's literally its definition. So what they did should fit into that. They ate parts of one's own species. They were practicing in cannibalism. So why were they allowed to eat this food without any consequences? If it wasn't considered cannibalism, does that mean everybody who thinks about murdering and eating somebody could just do something like this? Find somebody who maybe wanted to die and donated their bodies to this person and they made it into art and made or allowed a crowd to watch them while they ate somebody's body. Is that a loophole for cannibalism? If that's the case, that would be really bad. Because if he wasn't charged, that means others can do something similar and get away with it, or at least think they could. I understand that it's kind of minor, that they just ate the fat of a human, but at the same time, that's still cannibalism. That's still eating one's own species. And he just got away with it. Did Marco find a loophole for cannibalism? There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.